0: You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. We'll
1: come- Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. The whole squad is here today. Myself, Jake Assign, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano, as always. Preview episode for the upcoming Bears matchup against the Tennessee Titans. Big matchup for the Bears coming off, obviously, that loss uh, last week, which Kevin and Chris broke down for you earlier in the week. So, obviously, it's been a weird week in general, but also for the Bears. A lot of injuries, a lot of weird rumors. Um, Mitch Trubisky now does not need surgery, so Kevin's tears can finally stop. And it's going to be weird because he's still going to be out. And now Tyler Bray is probably out because um, he's been determined as high risk and the Bears had a COVID scare uh, the other day. So weird week. Morale is, at least for me and I believe for Chris as well, morale is low. So I'm going to turn it over to Kevin to get a little positivity injection.
2: Hey, it's hard to find positivity. I mean, I do understand where you're coming from. Uh, I mean, everyone's coming from low morale. But like this week, in the time frame of this week, you get all those positive tests. You know, there was skepticism on whether they would play. It does look now that they will play. Uh, Jermaine Fetty has now been taken off the reserve COVID-19 list, so he will be eligible to play. Um, But just after the loss, a tough loss in overtime, then you go through the injuries and Mitch Trubisky gets hurt and the O-line is in shambles. And then you get the COVID test. It's like it kind of all just fell apart this week, right? Um, but I, I'm not necessarily going to say that means the Bears are going to get blown out by Tennessee. I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. And you guys will hear my prediction later, and we'll see what that happens. But guys, Tennessee is coming off a loss against the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, who, you know, they've got Joe Burrow, but come on, it's the Cincinnati Bengals here. So, you know, you talk about teams who, aren't really in good shape. Not only did the Tennessee Titans lose to the Bengals last week, they've also been in the same position as the Bears, where they were at, you know, really at the top of the whole COVID issues. Uh, and people wanted them to get, you know, people wanted the Tennessee Titans to have the rest of their season canceled because they were breaking protocol and working out when they were supposed to be quarantining and all this. Um, so they're playing a very familiar opponent when it comes to what each team has gone through. Um, so I don't really think that any team here has a, a clear edge, especially when you look at those injuries. J. Davion Clowney, he um, did not practice today. It looks like he will not play. Hector punter, Brett Kern will not be playing. And I know that doesn't sound significant. But if you saw what Johnny Hecker did to the Bears uh, on Monday night with the Rams, I mean, you, you can tell how significant a punter can be in a football game. So um, th- this is going to be a weird game, a weird week leading up to a really weird game. Uh, and it also kind of leads me to, you know, not really know what to expect.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, don't be surprised if you see our buddy, our, our buddy, uh, Josh Lyles uh, running backup QB on Sunday. Because at, <laughs> at this rate, uh, I, I really don't know who we're going to have. Um, but, you know, it, it's I think Kevin really kind of hit it on the head like this game to me it is kind of a toss up. Um, and, and that's not to say that I'm confident in the Bears at all. It's just I Tennessee doesn't really strike too much fear in me outside of Derrick Henry. Um, I feel like they're almost, the Titans are almost set up, um, similar to the bears uh, in terms of like team model and just how they, you know, just go through things. Um, but you know, the difference between them and us, I feel like, you know, their offense just is producing at a higher clip. Um, and you know, they have someone like Derrick Henry, which is a literal mismatch, no matter, you know, who he's playing against. So, um, You know, I do think the line is kind of high. Tennessee minus six and a half just doesn't really sound right to me. Um, But, you know, I I guess, you know, with uh, the injuries, the COVID stuff, like I I get why the Bears are underdogs. But, yeah, I think this game's kind of a toss up, honestly.
1: I, (laughs) um, I, I okay to that. I will circle back to a point I made earlier in the week in our group chat. Um you're an injury away from pulling cutouts out of the stands and using them as offensive linemen. So fair I like I don't feel good about this game for that reason that reason alone because you already had an offensive line that was basically made of paper and now you are losing, guys. You're losing your backups to the backups. Like, I mean, where do you go? You already didn't have a running game when you had a starting O-line, a fully healthy O-line. You couldn't get Foles or Trubisky any space when you had a starting O-line of, of guys that you wanted on the first team already. So now when you're at the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, whatever guy, I things are not going to get better. So I just think... Uh, I don't see a real good lay. I mean, you're going to have to get the ball out in under three seconds, which we know Foles can do. Sure. But you're going to have less of a running game than you already do. They're going to key in on the pass, And I mean, the Titans, I I know, and I know Kevin's going to say the defense, the defense, the defense, and we've been saying the defense is going to score. And we know the defense has the potential to score, but they haven't been great at it. They haven't been great at takeaways this year. I know we had a couple big ones on uh, Sunday afternoon, but If if you can't convert it to points, what does it get you? I mean, you really – field goals, okay, but I I just think that you're in for a really rough game. Six and a half sounds exactly right to me.
2: Well, you can never – is it really six and a half? I thought it was four. Is it six? Yeah, Yeah, I think it is six. Yeah, I Um, I think you're right. Four and a half was last week. Well, I mean, what I was going to say was, I mean, you can never rely on a defense to score points. I mean, that is just a terrible mindset to have. But quite frankly, as Jake mentioned, I mean, they're just not getting them when the opportunities are there. Like, it's not really a situation where, oh, they're just really not throwing to our guys. Like, that is the case. Like, you know, guys are throwing underneath. They're not giving our ball hawk safeties, and cornerbacks real opportunities to make plays. But when those opportunities do come, and they did come last week against the Saints in overtime, you look at the play with Roquan Smith and the play with Eddie Jackson um, there in overtime. I mean, those are two plays, more, more likely the Roquan Smith one that could have turned into a touchdown, and you're looking at six and two, feeling really good about yourself, and Place. And I don't know if it was because of the nature of the situation. Overtime, you're a little bit tired. I don't know. But it just, what I said to Chris in the postgame show was from as we're talking about defense, it just seems like. Their ability to get turnovers has lessened a little bit. Um, you know, a few times this year they've gotten strip sacks and they just haven't come up on the ball. You know, stuff like that, and, and that's sometimes just luck of the, the draw. The football bounces a weird way. Um, but this, you know, the opportunities are there at times, and they really, really have to take advantage of those opportunities because again, what we keep saying is there's really no margin of error for this offense. You need to get turnovers and you need to score on turnovers. And the unfortunate thing is, against the Tennessee Titans, they're playing a Titans team that has the best turnover margin per. game game in the NFL at 1.1. So I could be really, really concerned if the Bears start to turn the ball over, which they probably will, Nick Foles will probably throw an interception, at least one of them. And if you don't get the ball back and you don't give this offense good field position, they're not going to score a lot of points. So the formula for this team has been the whole year. And really the reason why they scored a whole bunch of points in 2018 was not was not only was the defense scoring touchdowns, they were getting the ball into favorable field position position at a really, really high rate. One of the highest rates in NFL History, So they really need to go back to that. But I think the root of that issue is, I mean, to me, it boils down to Chuck Pagano. I mean, to me, it's a lack of aggressiveness from him. I mean, they have seen success on blitz packages. Do it more. Do it more often. Put more pressure on the quarterback. Make him fluster. Get you know. Make him throw the ball up deep and then get it intercepted. Make him uh you know have the pocket collapse on him so he fumbles. Like these types of things are what we saw under Vic Fangio and what we need to be seeing more of under Chuck Pagano, especially when you have the evidence that it is working.
0: Yeah, no, um, Kevin. You literally just took the words out of my mouth., um, you know, it's just Pagano is way too conservative. Um, I don't think anyone can really deny that at this point. Uh, you know, like his his philosophy defensively could work for a team that had an off that has an offense, but it's like when you're uh, this has always been my argument. like when you're a, the defense of the Chicago Bears in the current state and they can't score points, you have no option but to be aggressive and try to be the one scoring because what else can like that bend don't break uh, mentality can work. If you have a, you know, an offense that can move down the field um, efficiently, this and that, but you know, when you're the bears and you know, a a six zero lead kind of seems like, oh crap, like we got to score right now. Um, Like that kind of really says it all. Like you can't really even allow those, those field goals. If you get, if you guys get what I'm trying to say, like, he has to be more aggressive. The defense has to be more aggressive and 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 cause the cause opponents into making mistakes. Like that's really the the reality of it.
1: I love. I, I'm I'm doing great. Are you guys doing good? Because this yeah. is yeah. Oh, I'm phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. The, the thing is, it's just like it, it's hard because you know it, it's like at this point there's only so many places you can put blame for what's happening. Because I mean, I I'm probably the most pessimistic I, this is probably the most pessimistic point I've been at all season. And I've tried to be like, all right, I've tried to find the silver linings, but, and I, and and I've always thought this, that offensive line is always the place where that's where you're like, that's your rock. That's where you're going to get the most. That's where your production comes from, from the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers, you can't have any of it without an offensive line. And that's why I just feel so cruddy about this game right now, because you don't have that. And and we've seen it before, and I've made this point on this show before. Like, if you don't give the defense something to play for, they're going to quit. They're going to mail it in at some point. Like, you know, late in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter, they're going to start mailing it in. Because if they're, if they're going to play well and they're saying, all right, well, our offense isn't supporting us, then what's even the point? And we've seen that happen. And, I mean, maybe – I mean, they would obviously, you know, deny that. But – you know, we've seen it happen where the defense plays better when you're scoring points. So I'm very worried that you're going to see the defense take a step back, too, because they have no, you know, the, the either so either purposely or not. And it's probably not on purpose, but the defense is going to start laying back a little bit because, you know, these guys don't want to get hurt either. And they're not, you know, they're not going to go full throttle if they think they can't win the game because the offense is not scoring points. And so it's like just, ah, you know.
2: I don't know, but like I don't know if we have evidence of them doing that really. I mean, we've been down twenty plus points to the Falcons, seventeen plus points to the Lions, and then ten points to the Saints in the fourth quarter. Right, and those are the, the exact, exact moments where
1: the offense is scoring points and that's when they ban it down. Like we've seen I mean, what about yeah. what about the yeah, Indianapolis? Yeah. You know, and they played right. well, no, but no, no. I mean they, they it's see if you go walk at the tape, like the games that the Bears fail to score points, like you know, back to back to back to back drives, the defense does get worse.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and that's also just part of the nature of them being on the field more often. Um, But I don't know if it's 100% fair to say that they're going to quit. You are right when it comes to playing complementary football, and that's what we've been saying all along. I mean, they they feed off the energy of each other. And this is why I said last week, I think one of the problems is, is Foles just simply is an energetic guy. Um, you know, he just doesn't light up the energy of the team. It doesn't light a fire on everybody's ass. I mean, it just that's just not the way I see it. We've only seen really evidence of that once, and that was in that post-game press conference where he kind of got riled up. But other than that, it's just kind of sluggish and lousy um, from an energy standpoint. But you, you talk about the offensive line. Um, well, there are ways to counteract that. Look, Russell Wilson has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for the past 10 years, and he's had a pretty shit offensive line for at least 8 of those 10 years. Um, the Bears last week, this is from Robert Schmitz on Twitter. Really good follow. If you're listening, go follow him. He says the Bears upped their play action usage from 16.4% to 31.7% against the Saints. And in the play action last week, Nick Foles was 9 for 13 for 132 yards and one touchdown. So obviously, play action that's going to help out the offensive line, give yourself a little bit of more time in the pocket. So let's not completely like, yes, obviously, the offensive line, and this is just a common Uh, theme in football is like if you have a good offensive line, your chances of offensive success are high, but it's not necessarily the same on the opposite end where if you have a bad offensive line, it's all is lost. Yes, it's not going to be as good, but all is not lost. You mentioned there are ways to counteract that. Mobility is one of them. Play action is another one of them. You're really limited to only one of those because you don't have the mobility aspect. So if our... um, Matt Nagy, I'd be saying, you know what? Let's dial up play action all-time high rate this week and try to counteract some of those issues we have on the offensive line. Because again, I mean, these are things that are proven to be working. Um, we have the evidence that the play action there, even if you don't like Nick Foles, which I don't really. I mean, you, I cannot deny the evidence that he was good on play action last week and has been, you know, relatively solid on play action uh, in the past. So the formula, when, when you have all this, you know, issue on the offensive line.
0: See, like, just to kind of play devil's advocate to to Jake a little bit, like, I, I, I shit you guys not, the offensive line and just the offense in general has been so bad that I'm actually thinking that it can't get any worse for this Sunday. Like, even if you're picking up, like, the backups of the backups and, and when I'm onto the offensive line, like, I genuinely do not think it could get any worse. Like, that's why I'm, I'm a little bit hopeful in a way. Because it's like, could it really get worse? Like, if you think about it, like, I mean, we're 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 almost dead last in, in, in every offensive category right now. Like, I, I really don't think um, it could get much worse. So, you know, I you know, maybe I'm clutching at straws here, but, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit hopeful. Just, you know, uh, the offensive line yeah, has a little bit of a different look and, you know, maybe they perform a little bit better. But um, what do you guys think about that?
1: Um, yeah, I think it could get worse because if you have another injury and you have to ask, I don't know, a defensive lineman to play offensive line now because you're out of offensive linemen, it certainly could get worse. And to Kevin's point about, you know, the play action, I mean, it, yeah, Foles was good on it last week when you had it. But, I mean, I just think that if you're Tennessee and you can on that and this offensive line is not good, what what's the play action you're going to get? What are the RP? – you're not going to have RPOs or any kind of foolery because – Tennessee's able. No, right. They, I mean, they're not going to have a run game. You, you got to have a run game to play off of the play action or to play off uh, any RPOs or anything that you want to try and do. And we haven't seen the Bears have a run game. And I don't think that I think that's going to continue. That you're not going to have that um, on Sunday because, again, this offensive line stinks.
2: Guys, Look, here's the I, weird I, thing, though. I, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead.
0: Uh, my bad. Just I don't. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just I know I'm going to forget this, but. Um, the, the Titans defense is, has been really bad, like really bad. And, um, mm-hmm. I, I, there's a couple of Titans fans that I follow on Twitter and they, they were literally talking to me like, dude, trust me, like hope is not lost for you guys for ne-. He was telling me this while we were playing the saints. He's like, hope is not lost for you guys next week with the way the Titans defense is playing. And, um, you know, I've been a huge, um, you know, like I, I've just been, Saying like it doesn't matter how bad the defense is because we played bad defenses, but like th- the angles that I'm taking right now to to explain this, like I, I feel like I'm maybe clutching at straws a little, but I just kind of want to show a different perspective. Like, like the Titans, I feel aren't as good as their record either. I, I truly don't think they are. Um, I do think they're a good team though. Um, but yeah, like I, I just like I-, I don't think this is as one-sided as it looks right now. Um, but I, I think, like I understand with the morale and everything, um, that's just how it's going to be. But yeah, go ahead, Kevin.
2: No, it is definitely not as one sided as people are making it seem. And what I just kind of wanted to say and what I thought was really strange is last week, whether you like it or not, David Montgomery in the running game looked the best that they had in the past four weeks uh, against the Saints. And that was a Saints rushing defense that was probably one of the better units that they have seen. Um, so I'm not like, it's just... I don't know. I mean, I literally can't describe it, but I have this weird feeling inside of me, this really weird feeling that for some reason the Bears' offensive line is going to look the best it has in the past few weeks, and David Montgomery is going to run well. Um, this is a Tennessee Titans defense, and I know people are kind of—I think their perception of them is skewed based off of last year because they had a really, really good run defense last year, really good defense overall, one of the best in the league. One of the reasons they made it to the AFC Championship and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs—that that is really not the case this year. They're 22nd ranked in rushing defense. That went. Through all the stats, they're pretty much bottom half of the league in almost every statistical category. Hector 30th in red zone defense. And listen to this they currently have a conversion rate allowed on third down of 61.9%. Guys, that's the worst mark in NFL history right now. So they're actually playing defense at a historical rate in a negative way. So um, th- this is not. Uh, a formidable Titans defense here that we're looking at. And for some reason, I don't know why I do like Sam Mustafer. I do think he's, uh, he, he looked good on sen- uh, on Sunday, at least last week. Um, we, we don't, I, I, Fetty is fine. Let's not act like he the you know, the end all be all of that offensive line. Um, you know, we may see Arlington Hambright for whatever reason. Alex Barr, we've seen there in before, and he hasn't been great, but he's also not a guy from the street. I mean, I don't, like... I understand that things look bad on this offensive line, but I'm also kind of this weird feeling that, based off what we saw last week, um, you know, I don't know, maybe something new, something fresh. For some reason, I have this feeling that they, it's not going to be as bad as what everyone is making it out to be, and I really don't think that's, like, a far-fetched statement.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's exactly why I kind of said at the beginning, like, I feel like it's kind of a toss-up, because, you know, it, it's just both teams have – you know a unit of their team that's been struggling um and they just so happen to be you know a direct competition like our offense versus their defense something's got to give um and i i know we're bears fans and and you know we're being negative right now for sure and there's definitely reason to be um but you know that that's kind of been that's like my whole thing with this it's just like you know it's their defense who's been struggling versus our offense who's been struggling and um You know, there are some new guys along that that offensive line that, you know, you necessarily don't have too much tape on or, you know, they try to do different things, pull a guard one way or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much that that's involved um, with, with, uh, you know, along the offensive line that um, it's almost giving me hope kind of kind of pretty much exactly what what Kevin said. What you guys are
1: describing is just like a I mean, it's just like a, a guess. I guess a storm of chaos, a perfect storm of chaos. And it all just starting to work out and come together. Um, And I admire your optimism. I really do. But I, unfortunately, am not there. But, I mean, I I guess, I mean, weirder things have happened. Uh, And like you said, the Titans' defense isn't great. Um, And, and, you know, we're not burying the Bears. Like, I guess, I mean, you are still in the hunt. Look at NFL Network. Look at ESPN graphics. You're in that in-the-hunt graphic, as you always are. But, I I mean, not all hope is lost. I just... It's like I feel like we say this every week and I, we probably have like I just need signs of life and you kind of got in overtime last year and in the or not last year last week and in the fourth quarter last week. But yeah, I just need signs of life or at least just a complete game like the thing with this team that's so frustrating is they can't even put together a complete bad game like if you're going to be bad. Just be bad. Put together like that. Don't drive us nuts. Don't yeah. tease us with this weird back and forth that you know, like a bad first half and a great second half, or a bad three quarters and a great fourth quarter, or vice versa. Whatever you want to say, um, just just pick one. Pick a lane. Um, and it just stinks. I, I mean, that's why it's so frustrating. It makes you want to tear your hair out because it's so back and forth and you do like, they give you reasons for this hope that things could work at that. Even with this offensive line, because they've done it before the Atlanta game, the Detroit game, uh, how even last week to an extent, like they give you this hope and they do it, but then they just fall short and it makes you want to tear your hair out. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I could see it happening if things do all come together. Maybe, you know, you finally found the perfect combination and the whole time it was all on the practice squad guys and you just didn't know it. Um, you know, so at the 11th hour, these guys come in and fix everything. Sure, weirder things have happened. Uh, and like Chris said, I don't think Tennessee is as good as their record shows. I think they played really well uh, very early and they played some bad teams as well. But. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're like some great team. Ryan Tannehill isn't an MVP player. Yeah, Derrick Henry's you know a monster, but if you could stop him, yeah, I guess you're going to be in this game. I, I think, I mean, just buckle in for another low-scoring game in in the teens.
2: Guys, I mean, the Bears are one play away from us having a completely different narrative and tone towards the team. Do you realize that? Like. I right. think we all kind of need to realize that. I mean, and it's been like that in the past, and it, it, I know people are like, well, God, I mean, how many times are we going to use this excuse? But that's just the nature of this team, and that kind of goes back to the reason why I still have confidence in them. Is like they just need one play to break their way, and literally everything has not broken their way this year, whether it's penalties, whether it's just not making the right play. Do I have trust that that can improve? Yeah, because those are things where it's not – oh, you just need a better player there. No, nah, it's just like, you just got to make a play. Like, that's it. You just got to get two guys to make a play, the quarterback and the receiver, one linebacker, one guy to make a play. And it's up to them to go out there and make that definitive play. Um, I just want to throw that out there. And then you look at the Titans. We've been talking about the record. Who are they? They're five and two. Well, let's look at their wins. All right. Week one, they beat the Broncos 16-14. Week two, they beat the Jaguars 33-30. Week three, they beat the Titan, or the Vikings 31-30. Uh, week four, they demolished the Bills, actually, 42-16. Uh, Week five. They beat the Texans 42-36 and now they have lost two straight games to the Steelers and the Bengals. So as much as people want to, you know, deny how the Bears record and all that, you, you can do the same exact thing here for the Titans. Now the Titans do have more of a statement when you could argue against the Bills there in week four. But other than that, I mean they're cutting it close with the Broncos, they're cutting it close with the Vikings, they're cutting it close with the Jaguars. And I'm not saying that makes them a bad team. I'm just saying if you are going to say that the Bears are not this and all that because of their close shaves against bad teams, well, you can say the same exact thing. For the Tennessee Titans, and that just goes back and falls under the whole umbrella that this is not going to be a lopsided affair. The Bears, I would imagine, are going to 100% cover this game. I don't think there's any doubt about that if you're betting against the spread here. Uh, and then what I said earlier is really what it's going to come down to. Which team is going to make that final play? And then you look at why the Bears were good uh, early on in the year and... 2018 is because they were making those definitive plays. Well, I think it was actually two weeks from this point or something in 2018, they played the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football. If Eddie Jackson doesn't get that pick six, they may lose that game. Those are the types of plays I'm talking about that this team in 2020 needs to make if they want to draw comparisons to who they were in 2018 and really, really cement themselves as a team that can be, I mean, I still think they are, but if they want to cement themselves to the rest of the world, that they are dangerous in the playoffs and they are going to get to that point, those types of plays need to be made. Um, and it doesn't have to happen like too often. It's just you know, one play here and there that can make or break the course of this game. And right now, the reason why you're seeing those losses is they simply are not getting those plays. So they have to look for those plays when they are available against the Titans.
0: I wanted to ask you guys this. What are we thinking if the Bears lose this game? Like, what, where are we probably going to, like, I know, obviously, you can't tell how you're going to be feeling it, it until it happens, but... Yeah, like, I could tell you how I'd be feeling. I got a all pretty right, good go idea. Ahead, go ahead. That's what
1: <laughs> i um, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be feeling good. Like, I mean, you'd feel. I'd feel even worse than you already do because, I mean, you're just spiraling then at that point because then that's three losses in a row. Um, and let's say it's a close game and it's a winnable game. That's three winnable games. Well, either way, it's three winnable games in a row because theoretically you should beat the Titans, but. Obviously, things aren't so great right now. So, I mean, that's three losses in a row. And then you have Monday Night Football against the Vikings, which we all know how the Bears beat up on the Vikings in primetime. So then I'm feeling optimistic about that game. But then you have the Packers. Uh, well, then you have your bye. And then you have the Packers at night. as uh, the 29th. That should be a Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be Sunday night against the Packers, coming off the bye. Bears are not have not historically been good off the bye in the last few weeks. So I'm chalking that up as a loss, no matter what. Um, then you have the Lions, the Texans, the Vikings again, the Jags, the Packers. I mean, you have winnable games there again, but I still at that point like, and I, and I've said this in a group chat. Screw it, lose out. Try to get as high a pick as you can. Get a quarterback, get Trask, get Fields. If you, I mean, Fields is probably unlikely, but get Trask if you can. Get whoever you want. Um, but get a first-round quarterback and just try to win next year or the year after, because you probably have two, maybe even only one year left of this window, and just try to make the most out of it, because you're not going. Well,
2: no, that makes no sense, Jake. That makes no oh, sense. They, come oh, on, what, what are, are we talking about here? Mm-mm, no, oh, that makes no. Sorry, I accidentally muted. How does that make any sense? You talk about, okay, one year of the window, make the most of it. What the hell are you talking about here? The moment you go out and try to get a rookie quarterback, you almost guarantee you're not going to the Super Bowl. Sure, Justin Herbert's playing great. Sure, Joe Burrow's playing great. The fact of the matter is not a single rookie quarterback in NFL history has won the Super Bowl. And I don't care how good your team is. When you have a rookie in there. What
1: quarterback has ever had the Bears
2: defense, though? Yeah, okay, true, okay, see, but yeah, the, like, not, how does it feel? You no, know, <laughs> I'll stand by my evidence all day. I'm sure there's been rookie quarterbacks out there who have had good defenses, but I'm not taking my luck with a rookie quarterback. I mean, that is that's a complete terrible mentality. I mean, you, people would argue that if you try to just tank the season, you might as well blow the whole damn thing up anyway. Um. So right. I don't, I mean, and, and that's not uh, yes, going to happen. Yes, yes. I mean, yes. you can skepticize. To match that all that long, that's not going to happen. Whether you like it or not, the Bears are going to win at least nine games this year. I can guarantee you that, Uh, and they will never, ever, ever this year be in a position where even it's going to cross Ryan Pace or the McCaskeys' mind that holy crap, we need to blow this thing up. I don't know why. I mean, I really don't know why you're suggesting the fact that this should be a, a reality that the Bears should just, you know, end it all and and oh, you know, you, Justin Fields and Kyle. Ch- and look, I love Justin Fields. I'm an Ohio State what guy. If, He's going to be a hustle player in the league.
1: What, what if I said this to you instead? Just same thing. Lose out, whatever. Get as high pick as you can. Add a playmaker, and then sign Dak Prescott and try to try to make up the next two years. <laughs> Is that Yeah, I mean, I'd add?
2: say yes, but you could still do that without losing out. I mean, like what? That, you well, know, well, that's that's exactly what I want to happen. Here for that
1: is you're not going anywhere. You're not going to win the Super Bowl with this team. You're not going. To, you're probably not even going to win a playoff game with this team. So why not get as high a draft pick as you can? Add a defensive playmaker. Add someone else on the offensive line. Whatever you want, take your pick, and then take that immediate contributor. Add it to you know, let's say Dak Prescott, best case scenario, and then you come out as a team next year, that's a legitimate threat, legitimate quarterback, added a legitimate first round pick, you got another year, a year older of Jalen Johnson, Cole Komet, the guys that you've already liked, and you have that defense in place, and let's go, let's run at full speed instead of going to the playoffs, losing immediately to an actual playoff caliber team and having the 23rd pick.
2: You can do all those things without losing out. I mean, that makes no sense. I mean, I don't understand why the Bears are five and three. I literally just gave a rant about how they're a few plays from nearly being undefeated, and it's time to not, blow it up and just they, work they on getting a draft players. pick. I mean, it's illogical. They haven't, they haven't made those plays, plays but that's so what, exactly what the point. Is they have the capability playoffs, to. They could. I uh, confidence is actually higher. I mean, look. In as much as I hate Nick Foles, and I said this a few weeks ago, and I don't, I don't hate Nick Foles. I just don't think he's the perfect man for the job right now. Whether you like it or not, in the playoffs. He's a different he's a different player. He's a different player in the playoffs. You pair that with the defense. I mean, this is what I've said to Chris and and you guys week in and week out. I mean, day after day that we record an episode, anything goes with this team. And that's the same for the playoffs. I mean, I would like I don't care if they have to if they're if the NFL proposes this new thing. and, And they're talking about this 16 team playoffs and the eight plays the one like the NBA. If they have to play the Seahawks. I'm not going into that game thinking there's no effing way they win. I actually think there'd be a good chance they win because Seahawks to the worst defense in the NFL uh, and the Bears have the best and there's a good matchup there. Like, I don't think there is any scenario here where any Bears fan, I'm sorry, Jake, I don't think any Bears fan right now should be, have this thought in their head that they're five and three, even if they do lose to the Titans, it's all over. It's all done. Blow it up, get a draft pick, and figure it out for next year. That's not the way any fan wants to think anyway. Week in, week out. I mean, are, you're essentially suggesting that you want to see the Bears lose. What kind of fan wants to say say they want to see the Bears lose? I mean, that doesn't even make uh, any
0: sense. Well, I'll cool. tell you, a, a fan a fan that's sick of watching garbage QB play, I, I think, would be the answer well, to that. Well, it's
1: not even but. that. Yeah, it's,
0: but Jake's it's solution like, isn't is, even contingent
2: on a bad record.
1: Well, it's also, and to, to your point, okay, you play the Seahawks. Yeah, they have the worst defense, and the Bears have the best. The Seahawks also have an offense, and the Bears do not, so the matchup is not there in that scenario. Um, but the thing is also in in this scenario, I'm trying not, I'm trying not to think like a fan. I'm trying not to think with my heart. I'm trying to think with my head to, so you can be set up for the success in the next year, two years. That's the thing. I mean, I know we talk about on this podcast that we're fans and we use and we take a fan stance as well, but also at times you got to use your thinking brain. You got to, you got to think of it logically sometimes.
0: Okay. And I am thinking of it. I'll draw it out like this. If you gave me an option and said you either get to blow it up and you're confirmed, uh, Justin Fields, like confirmed Chicago bear. I'm just throwing it out there. I know it's not realistic, but like, just try to show you guys where I'm at. If you gave me that option or you gave me the option of rolling with this team for the next two, three years. And by the time, uh, just, just, you know, rolling with it and seeing if you win anything, but taking the chance of all your players becoming older and losing value and not being, and then being in deeper shit when you're trying to rebuild. I think I would take the first option. I want a quarterback, man. I want a quarterback. I think you just don't win in this league without a quarterback. I just, I, I don't know, man. I, like, I both you guys brought up some awesome points. Like, uh, I can't even lie about it. Like Kevin kind of brought up some points that I, that I wasn't really thinking about either. But, um, I, I just that, that aspect, like that thought of, of finally having a quarterback to where you don't have to worry for the next 10 to, let's say, 15 years. Like, that's enticing to me. Like, super enticing. I think, you know, a quarterback can make a bad team. He, he, a quarterback can elevate a bad team. And, you know, that's why – why do you think – why do you think everyone's so high on the freaking Packers every year? Everybody knows that they pretty much stink every year, but they have Aaron Rodgers, man. Like, he's going to give them a chance. And I, I feel like it makes – um, a team's job easier when you have a quarterback it's easier to build around and you know I, I, I don't want to just keep like if you can bring if you can guarantee me Dak Prescott next year I'll be like okay don't tank that's completely fine I will absolutely take Dak Prescott but I just don't know how realistic that is like you know with the current cap situation and just how this team is set up right now like it's gonna be hard to do that so do, do you get where I'm coming from uh, uh, Kevin I get where you're coming from. I do.
2: I, I do get where you're coming from. But guys, we can't play this future game all the damn time here. I mean, like, especially if the Bears were under 500 in a much worse situation, I'd be playing the future game, but not in this current state. I mean, it's just completely illogical. to me. And we're playing hypotheticals. Heck, if the Bears win Sunday, you're going to be thinking that this conversation we had is uh, be utter ridiculous, beyond ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, that that's just where I'm coming from. And, and like for me, and I don't know if this like I don't think it's outrageous. I, I do think that the Bears' most reasonable option at quarterback for the immediate future is Dak Prescott, and it's not a situation where that is out of the question. I mean, this there is abs- for people who think if you're on the side that you think Dak Prescott is going to say in Dallas, I'm going to tell you this: I would say about a zero percent chance that happens now because Dak Prescott wants his money. The Dallas Cowboys, at this point, are going to put a top ten pick, heck, maybe even a top five pick. They're going through a rebuild; they're not going to want to pay Dak Prescott thirty-five plus million a year for the next three years of a rebuild that's that's just the reality of their current situation i think they're gonna let Dak prescott walk and look ryan pace is not an aggressive gm in season and we have seen that for everyone who is upset about November 3rd trade deadline, but what he is aggressive in is the offseason, and we have seen that time and time again. He'll go after the guy he wants, and if Dak Prescott is sitting there, you can find ways to restructure your salary cap, hack even, just ask the Kansas City Chiefs how the hell they're doing their wizardry, and then you bring Dak Prescott in, and you solve all immediate problems without having to even deal with thinking about a top draft pick, when you can get a good offensive lineman up there in the 20s. Uh, or, or something like that, depending on where they end up. So that that's kind of where I'm coming from. But just you know, screw the future right now, man. I mean, this is 2020. This is the Bears five and three. I have a chance to go to six and three. Um, and one game back from the division. They're in the current playoffs. If they at the they're the, in the, the hunt or not in the hunt. They're in the playoffs. that they ended today, if the season ended today, to me. I just think Bears fans get so caught up with the affinity of a quarterback, and I understand it. I mean, how refreshing would it be, right? But you know, you know, this is the current situation we're in for 2020. Nothing's going to change now. The trade deadline's over. Mitch Trubisky may come in there, but this is this is the guys that you have. And with this current team, I'm I'm not giving up on them yet, and I don't know if I'm – and I don't think I'm even – you know, people are going to call me an optimist. I know it's going to happen. It's going to come raining in. Kevin, you're an optimist, all this and all that. But I've given you guys enough evidence time and time again to explain why I do believe that once this team gets to the playoffs, that no matter what capacity it is, whether they do win the division or not, this is exactly like the weirdest formula, but the the kind of team that is going to make noise in the playoffs. And I don't think that's a crazy – I don't think that's a crazy idea.
1: It's not yeah. crazy. It's just it, it, it's just where we're at. It's just yes, the, the Bears are in the playoffs. But my thing is just continues to be even if you're in the playoffs. I just I do, who are you beating? I know Foles is like he's like, a complete he's who completely cares? A different don't person. Don't think
2: about that. Would you rather not even think about? Would you rather like not <laughs> get the I'd opportunity? rather be put out like, of my vision sooner rather than later. Oh, that's such a horrible mentality. I mean, I mean you don't I even mean, know
0: what's going to happen for the next eight weeks. Out of your misery at five and three, come on! I don't know, man. I I don't know. Like I do think there's merit to what Jake's saying, though. Because here's here's the, here's like my thought process. Like, okay, if you you know roll with this team, whatever, um, for the next two three years, like you're actually going to have to fully rebuild this team, and I'm trying to avoid that full painful rebuild that. take a couple years if you get started on the rebuild a little bit early you still have a chance to to you know rise again sooner um and that's kind of my thing like you don't have like you can you can half-ass a rebuild if you start early but you can't half-ass a rebuild if you know your team's completely done for and that's kind of the situation i'm trying to avoid and i think jake is kind of trying to say the same thing here so that's like
1: right i did like cuz I mean Kevin you said you're basically I'm I'm basically rooting for losses. I'm not rooting for losses. Obviously I'm going to come out here on Sunday I'm going to hope they win. And like you said if they win, I'm going to be happy cuz then you're 6 and 4, you're another step closer, blah, blah blah blah. So on and so forth. But I'm trying to think of this logically too because I'm just trying to think, all right, yeah, if the Bears go out and they win out, awesome. If they completely change, I'm just trying to take what we know about this team, what we've seen about this team, and I'm trying to apply that to the next However, many weeks to the next, uh what, seven weeks or so, seven games or so. And I'm just trying to think rationally about it. And if things do go badly or poorly the rest of the way, all right, how do you bounce back? Because you are in a championship window. You do have this defense. You do have the makings of an offensive line with Cody Whitehair and James Daniels. You have Allen Robinson. You have Cole Komet, who's flashed. You have David Montgomery, who's flashed when he has room to run. So I'm trying to think of it as. All right. If this team turns around and we've seen teams do that, we've seen teams turn around and go on runs and be great. And, you know, I mean, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, I almost said Phillies. That was weird. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles did a couple years ago, but I'm just trying to take it from what we've seen um, and trying to apply that. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, you know, rationalize the expectations. I'm trying to keep expectations, uh, you know, in, in a realistic realm. You know, I, I'm not trying to I, I don't want to be full optimist and say, OK, they can do this. They're going to turn around and they're going to win seven straight and get in the playoffs and then they're going to cruise to the playoffs. Um, and, But, I, you know, and you're right. It is a bad mentality to go full pessimist too, where you're thinking, all right, lose out. da da I'm just bringing up that scenario because it, it's very possible the way this team is playing that that could happen. Because the last three games, I haven't seen a team that can finish the job. They didn't finish the job against the Rams. They didn't finish the game, the job against the Saints. So I, I, I just, I'm trying to take what we've seen. I'm trying to be realistic about where we're headed uh, for the season and then think about it. If you need to prepare for the next two years, what's the best way you can capitalize on the situation that you have, on the defense that you do have?
2: So I, I will say that you say they haven't capitalized, and that is correct, but you cannot deny the fact that they can, right? They they have the capability to be winning those games and things like the dominoes just aren't falling their way. The chips aren't you know going the right way for them, right? You can at least admit that.
1: Sure, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to look so at the exactly. Jimmy Graham play, sure. But also, well, I, I mean, mean,
2: not just the Jimmy Grant play.
1: Right, I'm using that one as an example, like for this, you know, scenario. Sure.
2: So I mean, that this is what I'm saying, guys. Like. I think we all just kind of need to understand that, again, regardless of what happens on Sunday, like, my point all along has not necessarily been that the Bears are this, they are that, but it's that they can be that, and they're very close to being that. Like, it's not just they can be, but they're a little bit too far away. No, like, again, they are one play away from being that. They're one play away from being 6-2 and two, atop the division, atop nearly atop the NFC, with people probably having them in the top 10 of their power rankings talking all good and all great about the Bears. So... Uh, let's go back to Tennessee and this game on Sunday, it's going to come down to making those plays and you have an opportunity. This is not a team that is top five in both categories where there's just going to be no opportunities to do that. That's not the case. They're going to have opportunities to score with a 30th ranked red zone defense in Tennessee. They're going to have opportunities to get turnovers. I mean, they're going to have opportunities to make plays and and really have long extended drives with the worst third down conversion uh, percentage allowed of all time. in the Tennessee Titans, Let's move to our over-unders. Um, let's focus on this game. I don't know, Jake, Chris, if you guys have any right now on the top of your head, if you have any written down, but let's, let's go there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, total points, 31. Um, um like, for
0: games?
2: like
1: for both yeah, teams? Yeah, total, total points for both teams.
0: I'll go over.
2: Over-under, 31, I'll, over. I'll go over. That's really funny. I- I think I don't I, I, don't th- I mean no
0: no it, it's it's actually like if you think of if you think of scores that add up to 31 uh it's honestly 17 like, 14 yeah like 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 it it's plausible for sure like it's not that low but I uh, I don't know like I I just I there's a little bit too many good players in this game like Derrick Henry um you know AJ I don't know if AJ Brown is playing I believe he is um, he Derek Henry, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, John O. Smith. Um, you know, you got Allen Robinson. Um, I don't know. I, I can see it being a little bit higher than that.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, just, I just think I, I would, cause I just think like, even if it's like 2110 or, I mean, I think the something like that, like, I don't know. I it just seems, I, yeah. I just see this being a low scoring game, especially, um, with the Titans running the ball so much, that's going to chew up a ton of
0: clock. Yeah. Fair enough
2: fair I, I could definitely see it. Um, I think if there was any game that was going to be low scoring, it was going to be last week. But it it definitely could happen again this week. I could see. Now that you bring up the whole running thing, and um, I'm trying to look up the weather here. I know. Well, the game is in Tennessee. It's going to be a beautiful it's, day. 79. It's 77.
0: Sunny.
2: Yeah. or um, 79. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it, not going to have anything to do with it. But um, now, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go over. But I, I do think that it is possible because, like I mentioned, I mean, the stat that again I'm going to keep mentioning is the fact that tens of the worst third down defense. Okay. So what does that lead to? Long extended drives for the Chicago Bears. And that's, you know, what you're going to look at. Nine play drives, 10 minutes off the clock, stick it in for a touchdown. I mean, just wear down the defense. But on the other side of that, the Titans have a chance to do that to the Bears defense because of the nature of Derek Henry and how good he is. But also because the Bears haven't been as stout on Rundy as you would have expected. Um, so I do think there's a chance that you could be looking at a position battle game here in a game where both teams are eating up a large amount of the clock uh, periodically. So that would lead to potentially 17 14 games So I mean I'm kind of second guessing myself here I'm going to go over but the 31 total as low as it seems it isn't necessarily out of the question Yeah
0: yeah I um my over under is over under 79 and a half rushing yards for Derrick Henry
2: For Derrick Henry Yeah 79 and a half I'm going to go mm-hmm. over I mean I I I think I think he'll go over, not by a lot, I don't think he'll go over 100. I think he'll be with that within that 80 and 100 range. Yeah. Um. Simply, the other thing you have to take into uh, account is the fact that the Titans run the ball more than any team in the NFL, I believe. Yeah. Don't fact check me on that. They're I know up they're, there. Up there. they're up there. I mean, there is yeah. no doubt. Rushing attempts per game, let's see. Um, it, They
0: are it, it, actually 6. Derrick Henry's lowest attempts in a game this year has been 18. So. 18?
2: 18. Yeah, yeah. So that and his, tells his highest age, is no, 31,
0: so... Yeah, they I mean, they and, definitely
2: well, play and, that, ball. and that's what's incredible is like the, the, you mentioned those stats and the Titans are sixth, and all the teams above them are teams that, uh, you know, have a, a mobile quarterback or have multiple running backs. And mm-hmm. so the fact that he is sixth, and, and essentially it's only him running the football, they don't really have yeah. a secondary back that they use. I mean, that just goes to show how much they're going to use him. Um, so I, I'll go over on that simply, not simply, but mostly because of volume uh, oh, that they're going yeah. to give him.
1: Uh, I'm going to go over as well because I mean, the Titans, are, I don't think they're going to be able to pass the ball very much. I mean, the bears are probably either the best or second best secondary that Tennessee's seen this season. Uh, you know, you could debate, I mean, you could debate the Steelers being up the, above the bear secondary if you want. Uh, I think the bears are arguably the best. I think you're splitting hairs if you're talking about those two, but uh, yeah, so I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to pass a ton. I think they're going to have to run the ball. Uh, so I'm going to go over. Same thing, volume. Uh, and, you know, if you run it enough, eventually you're going to get one. You're going to break even one big one off. So, yeah, I'll go
0: over as well. Cool, cool,
2: cool. Kevin? Okay, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm about to pull up real quick. I wanted to look at the Titans' opponent um, yards per uh, pass attempt. Um, just to kind of – this. this will lead to my – um, over under. Okay, so they rank 17th in yards per pass. Statement. And the reason why I asked this is, uh, or a reason why I bring that up is because my over under is Darnell Mooney, uh, 75 receiving yards. Um, and I just kind of want to look at how, re- really, how much Tennessee is allowing big plays. And they're not top half of the league. So th- that opportunity for big plays is there. And I think we're kind of starting to see. Um, A little bit of that chemistry between Foles and Mooney start to develop a little bit more, Um, maybe be on the same page. We saw the deep ball last week. Uh, And, again, when it comes to Darna Mooney, I mean, that's 75-plus mark. You get 75% of that on one play. Um, So uh, let's go Darna Mooney over under 75 yards receiving.
0: Oh, man, that's that's a good one because – you know it's hard.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, event, eventually, it's hard, you know it's eventually, Foles is gonna have to hit him on one of these deep balls, right? Like it has to happen. Yeah, well, he hit him last, I mean, week, it so. last week. That's last true. Week yeah, true. Uh, I'm gonna go That's over. Hard. Screw it. I'm gonna go over.
0: Um, love it. You know what? Give me the over two. Give me the over two. I, I I'm gonna say he hits a hundred. I'm gonna say he gets over a hundred this Woo! week, Darnell Mooney. Yeah. I think wow. he's. Uh, I I really think he's starting to come around, man. Like he's he's always open. Like you think by the freaking by sheer luck, eventually he's gonna freaking catch some balls, man. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll go I'll go over and I'll go. Uh, I'll go. He he eclipses 100 yards.
2: Uh, I also kind of wanted to say that um I was looking through some stats on Twitter. Allen Robinson is second in the league in yards. Uh, are yeah. pass plays of over 15 yards. Uh, a second to only Calvin Ridley. He's got 18, Ridley's got 21. Um, and I think that's something that not a lot of people will recognize just because you don't have that high-powered offense and you're not really thinking about the fact that they're going downfield a lot and they're, you know, having explosive plays. Yeah. But I mean, that's just a testament to him. Uh, again, like people needed more validation that he's a good player, but that that's it right there. So, uh, I mean, you're going to need production from these guys. And, and look, Anthony Miller's here to stay. Did not get dealt to the trade line like some people may have thought would have happened. Um, and, you know, whether you like it or not, they're going. he, he is going to be a piece on this offense that is going to need to be relied on going forward. Um, you know, oftentimes it seems like this year that they have targeted him on crucial downs on third yeah. down. Um, I mean, more when Mitch Trubisky was in there, they really targeted him on third down, especially when he turned back to last year and what would happen. And in the event Mitch ever comes back in, we know maybe his comfort level with Anthony Miller, I believe, is probably stronger. And their chemistry is clearly stronger than Foles and, and Miller right now. So, um, you know, whether, you know, I've been a kind of, I wouldn't say a hater, but I've been a little bit negative towards Anthony Miller as of late. Uh, you can't really have the mentality right now. He's here to stay. He's going to be an impact player going forward. You're going to need him to be successful and get in the end zone a few times and make big time plays, which he has the capability of doing. He just hasn't been doing it. Um, so hopefully, I mean, they, this was an article this week was that, you know, apparently Nick Foles and the chemistry is getting better. And, you know, sometimes that's just all talk. And, uh, And, you know, it's been five games or whatever. You'd hope that it's at at a place where it's good. Um, But he's here to stay and the Bears are going to need to make plays. So Anthony Miller is trying to step up.
0: Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because, like, I was watching that game uh, last week and I'm just thinking, like, man, like, they don't target Miller too often, but it seems like they target him, like, kind of seems like when it matters most. Like, and, and I just, I wonder if that's a, I don't think it's a coincidence, but, like, you know what I mean? Do you guys think that is at all, or like from what you've seen overall this this year so far?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's just kind of weird to me. I, I do think like what I was saying earlier is like. For, for whatever reason, Mitch and Miller have a really, really good trust level between the two of them. Um, and I know Miller was getting frustrated, but I think you've seen time and time again, you know, a quarterback maybe believes that Miller is one of their more reliable targets. I, I think the problem is mm-hmm. um, he just isn't getting open as often as you would expect. But if he does get open in those yeah. crucial moments, they're going to trust to throw the ball to him and he'll make a play. Um, and he's dropped a few balls this year, but the problem really with him has been the separation. I mentioned you guys, according to Next Gen stats, I mean, he's bottom 10 in separation among all active wide receivers. Um, but when he does get open, mm-hmm. I mean, the play that kind of sticks out to me as we're talking about this is the Rams. I think that one-handed catch, I believe that was on like a really crucial third or maybe even a fourth down, uh, potentially. Maybe a fourth down there against the Rams on Monday night. And, and you know, not a lot of separation, mm-hmm. but Foles just gave an opportunity to make a play and that ball just was glued to his hand. Uh, I don't know why that is, but it, it does seem like there is some sort of trust level there on crucial downs between the quarterback and Anthony Miller, no matter who it is.
0: Uh, I will say about his separation before I let Jake go, um, he like I know I, I was paying attention to him closely um, starting last week against the Rams and there were. A couple times where he was open and he was missed. And I also saw that against the Saints, like on a couple plays, even crucial plays where he was open. And um, one play that sticks out to me against the Saints was um, I think it was, was it in overtime? It was in overtime. It was either in overtime or really late in the fourth quarter. But uh, Nick Foles dropped back um, and Miller was put a move on the corner and was running. He was running a crossing route across the middle of the field. And um, he was literally wide open and folds like it, the, the pocket collapsed really quick. So I can't blame folds too much for it, but um, like he was right there and he, he, got open quick, which was kind of frustrating too. So like, even though the uh, pocket did collapse a little bit quickly, he was right there in front of him. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like it, it's just Anthony Miller, uh, you know, even though that next gen stat is, is a thing um, I, like, I still, I, I'm not worried about his ability to get open still it's more so just the drops and kind of just the mental mistakes that he makes That's, that's more so what it is for me.
1: Yeah. I'm with Chris. It's just, I mean, yeah, the separation is great, but I mean, what do you, if you're not doing anything with it, then, you know, what are we talking about here? So I, I do agree with you that for some reason, the quarterbacks do trust Anthony Miller on third down. I don't know if defenses are just not paying attention to him or they're not, you know, they're just, you know, saying, all right, this guy isn't worth paying attention to or what, but uh, for some reason that does seem to happen. So, I mean, if Anthony Miller wants to prove me wrong, go right ahead. If this whole team wants to prove me wrong, go right ahead. (laughs) Damn straight. Should we do bold predictions and wrap it up? Yeah.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. um, I'll start my bold prediction um is that i don't know if this is bold actually i was gonna say that jimmy graham bounces back with a touchdown i don't know if that's bold i guess that's kind of rational um i don't know i guess it, <laughs> um, yeah
0: that, that works i feel like that'll work I mean, is it people are yeah, really
1: sure. low yeah all right yeah sure my bold prediction is jimmy graham bounces back uh with a touch a game
2: touchdown and 55 yards 55 yards okay um if you are on your fantasy sports book or, or just your FanDuel Sportsbook rather. Um, Jake Hassan here is telling you to put your life's money and bet the forum on Jimmy Graham anytime touchdown <laughs> score and uh, if you do lose money it is all on Jake Hassan and you can file a lawsuit against him for that um, so just want to throw that out there um, I, I am going to say that my bold prediction is the Bears offensive line looks the best it has since let's say week three and David Montgomery actually has the most rushing yards since week three it's weird it's 2020 uh, this would be the most 2020 thing you could imagine it just defies every anything everyone would have expected um that's bears that's 2020 it's going to happen so Dave Montgomery most rushing yards since week three
0: all right drum roll please 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 we didn't even talk about it all right here we go Riley Ridley
2: has oh a nice little game
0: for himself um in this game I think um you know, I think we're going to be we're going to be surprised with Riley Ridley. Listen, he, I, I'm not saying he's going to come in here and have 10 receptions for 200 yards or anything like that. But I think he has a solid little maybe like three or four catches for, for 40 or 50 yards, you know, getting his feet wet a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm just I'm more so excited to watch him play. Um, I, I really hope he gets an opportunity. But um, you know, honestly, I'm not holding my breath because knowing the Bears, he'll be out there for you. You know, he'll be on the field, but not getting targeted. So, um, <laughs> not holding my breath, but you know, that's my bull prediction. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. Three or four catches for Riley Ridley and 40 or 50 yards.
2: I completely forgot that we didn't bring that up. And this is all I said. We don't have to go that in-depth into it. Well, Ted was cut, for those who do not know. He was cut. Yep. Um. So that's the reason why Riley Ridley. You guys imagine I mean, there's no way. But imagine if they still scratched Riley Ridley. And, oh, you know. my. Tanner God. Gentry, get your ass over here. Riley Ridley, you're staying <laughs> on the bench. <band. laughs> Tanner um, Gentry. That's a name <laughs> I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> I do just I do just oh, want to, you know, man. it's kind of funny as we're talking about Tanner Gentry, the one really great play he's had in his career in the preseason was against the Titans. Um, so maybe they're thinking in the back of their mind, well, you know, Titans Gentry, you know, this is <laughs> this is the time. Um no, anyway, you know, as bad as the Javon situation, Jevon Wim situation was. Uh, Something that I kind of point to oftentimes is, you know, the quote, blessing in disguise. And I I do think that kind of is a blessing in disguise, because for whatever reason, the staff or, you know, hasn't been willing to put Riley Ridley in there. Well, now you have the opportunity to do that. And, you know, often you guys will see this time and time again. A player gets injured, a player goes down, a player gets suspended. And the guy behind him, they realize, you know, had never gotten a fair shake, but turns out to be really, really good. Uh, A guy that kind of reminds me of that um, in in recent Bears history is Kevin Pierre-Louis. Um, you you know, it's, you know, and these things happen time and time again. So I I do, I'm really, really glad you brought that up because that is going to be something a lot of Bears fans should be looking out for. You know, what is, does this guy really have it? Um, was he just really not given a fair opportunity and to even go deeper? I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but if he does perform, then you kind of look at, well, what the hell, Nagy? I mean, what the hell has this guy been doing at the bench? There's a lot, a lot of ways you can interpret what's going to happen with Riley
0: Riley Ridley based off of Sunday. I was just going to say, like, I'll almost be pissed the hell off if he goes off Mm -hmm. or, like, even has a Mm -hmm. decent game because it's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, this guy could have been contributing this entire time, like, and he's just been healthy. Like, okay, I would understand if he was, you know, at least getting dressed and not, you know, playing a lot. But they were healthy scratching the guy like that's just so like we don't even know if he's good or bad. And, and you know, we're halfway through his second season. So it's like I, I will be I'll be a little bit as happy as I'll be. I'll be a little bit pissed off at, at that situation <laughs> if he does have a good game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would probably be pretty low on the totem pole of what the hell naggy things that we've said so yeah. far. But um, just add it to the list at this point. Um, all right, yeah. let's wrap it up. Let's do score predictions. Um, I'll right. go uh, first. Again, I made the prediction of 31 uh, over under 31 points. You should probably make that 31 and a half, just you know, for gambling purposes, whatever. Um, not that anyone's gambling on this show. I guess not that the listeners are gambling on what we say. I don't know. If you are, please don't do that. Um, but I'm gonna say that unfortunately. Uh, the Bears do lose this game I think the spiral continues I just this offensive line is not giving me hope at all uh, I'm gonna say that the Bears lose this game 17 th- uh, 13.
0: All right Kev, I'll let you take this one
2: um ah jeez I I feel so obligated to pick against the Bears because I haven't this year yet um and i know people are are sitting there saying well what the what the hell man i mean are you just going to pick the bears every week and that's exactly what i'm going to do no i'm not i'm not going to do that this week um as much as i would love to um you know, I think they have a chance to win this game, and I think they very much can win this game. This is, I mean, Chris really pointed up to a toss-up. I think you kind of flip a coin in this game, and that will determine the winner. I really do think that's the nature of this game. Um, for just basically purposes of me not picking the Bears every week, I'll take the Titans um, <clears throat> to win um, 23-21. Um, but I do think there's a very high probability that score could be inversed and the Bears could win that 23-21. So I'll go with my Official prediction, Tennessee twenty two but very good chance the Bears could win this game.
0: I cannot believe Kevin just picked against the Bears. That I know, after I,
2: everything that happened in this episode, after guys, everything that happened about 30 minutes ago, this guys, man is going to go against I his brand. I respect it. If I've been left with a choice, I would have picked the Bears, but I have to pick against them at some buddy, point. Buddy, this is I'm your sorry. show. You have a choice. What
0: are you talking about? <laughs> this is about? my show.
2: This is our show. Yes, I do have a choice. But if I, at the end of the year, I look like if I pick the Bears all 16 weeks, you guys are probably gonna, you know, there's gonna be some assumptions made about me. So I have to, <laughs> I have, I have to. I just, I simply. So this
0: doing is the one week point.
1: you're sprinkling in your anti-Bears. <laughs>
0: I my friends. He, the Bears he knows are gonna at the win. End of the year. He knows at the end of the year we're going to look back at it like, shut up, Kevin. You picked the Bears every
2: year. You're an idiot.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, I'm kind of with Kevin here. Um, I'm going to pick the Titans 2017, but I really think it, you could flip that, and I would not be surprised at all. Um, I feel like 2017 just seems like a Bears-Titans score. Um, but, yeah, I, I just um, – You know, it's hard to be hopeful coming off two losses and finding out your whole team is pretty much not going to be able to play. So um, I feel like it'd be very, um, very, like I said last week, very phony for me to pick the Bears. Um, So I'll go 2017 Titans, unfortunately.
1: This has got to be the first time in this show's history that all three of us have picked against the Bears. It's got to be.
2: I think so. Mostly because I've been the one who's stayed persistent in picking the Bears. (laughs) You guys are welcome. Well, actually, to this I show. think
0: I think last week or last week. I, I'm pretty sure last last year there were a couple times where we all we're picked against coming. the Bears. Okay. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. But well, the, uh, it's the, it's the first year. time this year for sure, because yeah, obviously, like Kevin sure. said, this is the first time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and then we're all gonna be wrong. I mean look, we're doing it, we're jinx, we're doing yeah. it for oh, you guys, all
0: right. Swear, we're doing I it for you. Reverse jinx, I yeah. I swear yeah. to God. Yeah, I swear to God, I know once that post goes up on Twitter and I retweet. All three of us picking against the Bears, the Bears are gonna freaking win the game. Like that's just yeah. Uh, yeah I mean well Reverse jinx.
1: Good, you know, th- yeah. these are the sacrifices we make for the rest of the city. You know, credit to <laughs> us. Hey, hey we'll
0: we'll we'll take look uh, looking dumb if it means bears dumb. Yeah,
1: we we will take this burden. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh let's Let's end on that note that's a good note to end on so this has been Bears Nation podcast a jam-packed episode lot of things to discuss got heated got uh, you know passionate in the middle there so uh, you know it's always fun to do that stuff even if the team um, maybe isn't doing the best that they could but then we get content like this so as always to the listeners thank you for listening manscaped code shy help us pay some bills 20% off free shipping um, so use that for all your shaving needs. But this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Thank you for listening. And as always, Bear Down.